Tracy. Um, what do you remember of George? George, I remember this uh, this lovely guy <coughs> that had, I'd say he looked like Father Christmas. <laughs> he had a Father Christmas face. He had a face, you, uh, you know, the lived-in face, if I can be uh, nice about it. His eyes were twinkling and always alive. It's always nice. It's always easier to say things when somebody else has gone. But in his case, I gotta say he was a love. Just a lo you can't say there's not one person. There's not one person I know that said anything wrong or bad about George. George was the epitome and a tremendous ambassador for show business. Uh, he had talent. You know, he told a gag beautifully, timed it, and he had his own way of doing things. And they always, always seemed to be right. And his face, his, as I say, his face was Father Christmas. He was a father, Father Christmas to us all. He just had a happy, lovely face. Yes. Full of humour. And it was that sort of laid-back way. For somebody who came from Liverpool, he was quite laid-back, oh, really, wasn't he? He never... He was a load of us Liverpudlians. We speak fast. You speak fast. Yes. I speak... When I get there, I to, my lips go. And it's a Liverpool trait. But he wasn't like that. And, and, of course, Eddie Flanagan was the same. He spoke very, very slow. And he was just a funny man. He went... Years ago, I thought he, he'd given up the business. He went over to uh, Cheshire somewhere in Cheshire to open up an antique. He had an antique business. And he decided to have a go at this, and he did well with it. He did well with it, him and his wife. And uh, his son, I've got to say this, and people say it, but his son is the the spitting image of Frankie Vaughan. If you ever see his son, he's the spitting image. And does he sing as well? He sings. He's absolutely lovely. He came here, and he, he was at the town uh, for a little while and helping his dad, really. It was before his dad really kicked in with this bloody thing, yeah. uh, cancer. And uh, he helped his dad, well, you know, he's comparing and, and sort of splitting the axe up. And he was doing a, a good job, nice voice, and he had a nice persona, you know. He's a really nice man. And I met him outside, and he just shook me. He just looks like Frankie Vaughan. His wife is very beautiful, lovely, lo lovely-looking girl, lovely-looking yes. woman. And uh, as I say, George was, has been a friend to Bernard. A lot of years. Bernard's a nice man, and you know he's a he's a lovely man, Bernard. I, I a very funny, I very funny man, and very lovely, lovely guy, gentleman. I had to go meet him at the Benidorm Palladium and do a, an interview with him about six weeks ago. Yeah. And the minute I related the fact that uh, you know I came from Birkenhead, immediately he remembered the Hamilton. Club, Hamilton, yeah, yeah. And immediately I related to him that uh, I was also down in uh, Cornwall. He was telling me about uh, his brother's club down in UK. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, very sharp actually, you know, and remembered some and. Oh, he's still there. Very, very quick to remember. But things. I remember him and him going uh, when he started it at the embassy, and he didn't do comedy. He did comedy only a little bit of comedy. Then he would write on the wall. I mean, he wouldn't like to say this, but he had. If you went into the in, into the embassy, his, his club, you walked in through the door and walked along, and and up the steps, ready to go on stage. And he'd be always on the top. And the comedian that was on, he'd say, "Oh, that's a good one. I'm having that." And he'd write <laughs> it on the wall. And all the wall was full of gags. And he used to try them out at the Palladium and the Luxor Club and the, and, the, and the College Club. And he'd go across, and one night he said to me, I'm going across to have a look at this woman. Uh, she was Terry somebody or other. Eventually, she was transvestite, did this, this, uh, this thing with a, with a doll, which was extremely funny. I mean, I can't do it because you, it's radio and it, yes. it finished up. But it was an extremely funny situation. And he, he laughed. Both of us fell about laughing. Um, Jackie Carlton was then. 
the the king of uh, of the gay the gay community if you like uh, uh, but a uh, very funny man also but yeah. this fellow Terry somebody I'm trying to think of his name but an extremely funny man uh, you know, George, George is the guy. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the clock is beating. Cause yeah. I've, I've got to get two messages in, and then quickly we're going to start wrapping the. I can't okay, it. I know, I know. What a lovely Brilliant. man, a lovely guy. Now I remember, I remember with him, he had the water, didn't he? The, the gag where he'd be crying. I think it was one of the royal songs. That's right. And he'd yeah. have the water, and all the water. The water out come out. Yeah. yeah. He opened up with the Mickey, a very unusual, uh, 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 with the Mickey Mouse thing. You know, the yes. uh, the Mickey, a Mickey Mouse song, which was. It was a Mickey. It was a, like a jingle thing with this Mickey Mouse Walt Disney type song. He'd come out with. It was almost like a children's thing. Yes. Uh, Noddy or somebody, and it was very funny. And then from there onwards, of course, he went bigger and bigger. And he was a nice. He was with Mike Hughes. Well, uh, well, Mike well, Hughes well of course, Mike Hughes um, used to be. I think it was mainly Mike Hughes that was putting the acts into the uh, the Hamilton Club. Yeah. Uh, this this is the old one first. The one under the market. You'll probably remember. Uh, that was, I think, that was marginally the better of the two because it yeah. went, when they went to what was the House of Jeffrey and uh, oh no, not the House, it was it was big car showrooms that they converted. I didn't think it had the same amount of uh, cabaret feel to the room, you know. No, no. But in in the old one underneath the market, they they had the, the most wonderful acts in there. And of course, now we can reminisce about uh, maybe George yeah, and yeah. and Johnny Hackett because that's where I first met Johnny Hackett. And of course, he was he was still doing the Granada bit at the, even at that time, wasn't he? Uh, yes. Well, his b the guitar falling to bits, and the, it uh, Johnny I met in. I'll tell you how far I go back. Uh, 1951, I met him in a in a place called the Sundown. It was uh, it was in Shield Road, and he used to have to go on a Sunday. And my dad used to take me down. I was only a kid, and he'd take me down to do me auditions, and he'd do his bit. And Johnny was there with his uniform still on. He, I think he had about one week or two weeks to go before he finished in the army. And he was doing the knacking coals and what have you then. Well, I hadn't see, seen him until I heard him. About 18 years ago, I saw him. He started here in, in Benidorm. Yeah. And he had a bit of controversy over uh, tax or something, police. You know, they had a lot of... Uh, bureaucracy then <coughs> which is still around yes but uh, heavy very heavy anyway i hadn't seen him because we have different times he went on at nine o'clock and i used to go on at 11 or whatever so i never m met him anyway i did meet him on this charity do it was for george roper and it was like a couple of years ago and uh, mike uh, mike um curtis. curtis asked me to do it uh, at the town would I do this charity for them? I said, certainly. It's for George, George Roper. Yes. Now, I arrived in there. The place was packed. And uh, I noticed Johnny Hackett come over to me and put his arm around. Jeez, I haven't seen you for a long time. And mm -hmm. oh, and I noticed he'd gone very thin. Yes. And, and he got this yellow pallor. And I thought, that you don't look well. You know, you don't. Anyway, he's, we chatted about, reminisced about old times, what have you. And he turned to me then and he said, it's a shame about George, isn't it? We were doing the charity for George, mm. and it was Johnny that went first. Yes. And that was the surprising thing. And then later on, I met George. George looked very, very ill at one time, and then George got better. It looked like he was going to get, you know, he was going to beat this thing. Yes. And the next time I saw him, he was on a stick, and he was doing his cabaret on the, on the stage on a stool. And then he looked ill. That yes. He did look bad. And I said, George, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be home. You should not, honestly. I know you have the love. Of, he loved his horses. Yeah. Him and Bernard are very good friends and have been for a lot of years. And they liaison between the two of them over horses. I said, you should be back there doing the horses. And he'd be still gagging. And he's obviously in pain. Yeah. And he told me the one about Jackie Hamilton. He said, Jackie Hamilton <laughs> on the stage. And he said, he said uh, Jackie's gone in to the doctor. And he said... Uh, the doctor said, you put on a lot of weight, he said. He said, oh, he said, no, I've had a lot of me plates. <laughs> <laughs>
and of course <laughs> other names that you remember from Liverpool um, people like Ed Flanagan and, oh, uh, and, and Bert Cook the funniest uh, Bert Cook was the f- actually Bert was the uncrowned king of comedy he was good Ken Dodd didn't get the job he was on central he was given the big job with the central pier and the, the story is that he was in the milk you know he's a milkman don't you uh, uh, Coop um Bed Cook. Yeah, Bed Cook. A uh, very funny man. And he was given this job at Central Pier. And he couldn't do it because he had uh, appendicitis, peritonitis he yeah. got. And they took him to hospital. So they had to get him fill, fill in. So they got Ken Dodd. And Ken Dodd never looked back from there. Yes. And he never, he never gave up his amateurs, uh, his amateur status really, but he always stayed as a, a milkman, and that was it. I, I, I compared at a little place called the Old Tavern in Wallasey. Okay, well, did, did you do that yeah. one? Yes, I did. Did you really? Yes. And there was another one uh, you probably know. Um, actually, you know Faith Brown. Oh yeah. Remember Faith? Yes. Well, she had her two brothers used to back her. They used to back me at the Melody Inn in New oh, Brighton. You yes, remember the Melody Inn? I do remember that, yes. And they used to back me and I never dreamt that she'd come in faith as a, as a, as a, an artist or a star. Mm. And she did. She made it in. She'd come in as guest on our show in Who'd You Do, you know. Uh, am I remembering correctly that I, th- I think Eddie Flanagan was a coal man? Uh, I have an idea. Eddie Flanagan was. You know, Eddie, Eddie lived in a caravan all his life, well, a lot of his life, you know. I didn't know that. And, uh, he had a bad accident. When I had my accident with my eye, Eddie was one of the few people that phoned up to find out about my eye, you know. You know, he said, I'm sorry to hear about your eye. And you know how slowly he speak. Yes. And he, he spoke to you. And I had, I remember this, I was lying in 45 degree angle in bed. They'd done these two major, well, one major sur- uh, surgery on my eye to save the eye, really. Yes. And I was lying down. You're told not to come forward because of the amniotic fluid that you've got in your eye, would, it would hemorrhage and that would be that. So I had to hold my head up here with these bandages on. And the phone was brought to the side of my bed and it was Eddie. And it was the, the worst guy you want talking to you when you've got <laughs> an eye that's just been done and to keep that pressure because as you know, when you laugh, you cause a little bit of pressure behind the eyes yes. and that causes pain. So he's, he started his business. He said, oh, he said, I'm so sorry to hear about your poor eye. <laughs> he said, uh, "He said, uh, you know, uh, do you know my Hughes office is uh, closed now, you know. And you remember the guy that was with Mike, <coughs> Mike Hughes? Yes. He'd left to go over to another office. He said, it's funny, he said, you used to always see each other when you were in Mike Hughes' office. But as soon as you moved over to the other office, we never seen any of them, any of them. <laughs> he said, I've just thought of the perfect crime, he said. He said, uh, go along Dale Street and stab some fella and run into his office and you'll never be seen again. <laughs> that was it. And he was making me laugh and the pain was... That, that is, you know, obviously, <coughs> I can hear Eddie Flanagan, but it, it, it does sound like Stan Boardman and I wonder whether Stan Boardman copied Eddie Flanagan. It might be. Well, he's a footballer and he yeah, uh, came in the game and very funny he was too. Uh, Stan is a bit and a nice guy. Yeah, baby, yeah! Weekday Madness. You know, see, I, I love listening to Vince Tracy. And the real bonus? It's good for you.